0: Welcome to Found Her, a podcast where we talk to female startup founders, entrepreneurs, and business leaders from Austria to get a glimpse of their unique journeys and the challenges they faced. I'm your host, Kayla, and this show is brought to you with the help of the Banky Moon Center for Global Citizens and the Management Center Innsbruck. In today's episode, we'll be hearing from Amel Deraghi, a business and marketing coach, a speaker, and host at Tandem Nomads a podcast counted among the top 2% of podcasts worldwide. She works with globally-minded entrepreneurs who want to build a successful portable business that's aligned with their priorities, needs, and lifestyles. So Amel, welcome to the podcast. I'm Kayla. And yeah, it's really nice to have you here. Hi, Kayla, It's lovely to meet you. Thank you so much for the invitation. Yeah. Um. So just for a quick background to anyone who's listening, Amel was introduced to me by my mentor at the Ban Ki-moon Center for Global Citizens. Um, and when I told my mentor about this project that I was doing, this podcast, she said, oh, I have somebody who's perfect for that project <laughs> and it's Amel. And yeah, so I I just... um. I just want you, I, I want to give you like a few minutes to explain your business, what you're doing. Um, I I only have like a super, super short overview of it, so it would be super great if you could like explain it yourself. Sure. So I'm a business and marketing
1: coach and I help um, global nomads, but also people who are globally minded and uh, a lot more now, people who are come from the corporate world who want to build their own businesses, but want to make sure to create a business model that is adapted to their lifestyle. That's the one thing that's happening more and more is that a lot of people through entrepreneurship are trying to build a business and trying to create revenue, but they live a job that's overwhelming to create a business so that they can have the life they want but then very often that same business is actually creating even more stress or more yeah. overwhelm. So what's the point of leaving a job to create your own business um, if you ended up as much burnt out and exhausted? So my big passion is to help live, help people live up to their full potential, make the impact they want to do in the world or creating real revenue, but making sure that they build a business model and a business and marketing strategies that is adapted to who they are Into their needs and their lifestyle.
0: Okay, that is really interesting, and I wanted to ask, like, what's your origin story? What got you into the business of helping others start a portable business, basically? Whoa!
1: So, (laughs) stop me if it's too long, because this is a long story, but I'll try to make it super short. Okay. (laughs) So originally I became Austrian by marriage, originally I'm Algerian and Mm -hmm. I was born in India and my parents were diplomats and been living our whole life on the move from a country to another. And then uh, by the time I started becoming a young adult, I started as well, traveling for my studies and then starving for my jobs. And at some point I was like, I'm done. (laughs) I'm done with moving from a country to another. I want to settle and I'm ready to live my life and my career and focus on my career and become this very successful woman that I always wanted to be. Um, And I had a passion for advertising. So I built my career in advertising. Mm -hmm. And at some point, my parents were like, oh, come on, don't you want to travel the world like we did? Why don't you do a (laughs) career that helps you move from a country to another? And I was like, no way i will never move again and i will never give up my career for a man because they were also asking me what about marriage And i was like nope i'm done i'm focused on my
0: career that's all what matters i feel like right we now. share the same parents <laughs>
1: <laughs> interesting right so but thankfully i did not have a lot of pressure but that was something that was really important. But then I went to visit them at the time mm-hmm. they were in Iran. I was on holidays and I went to visit them while I was living in France. And I met with a man of my life who turns out <laughs> to have a job that actually takes him from a job to another. Yeah. And he's Austrian as well. And and um, but we frequently have to, to move from country to another. Right now we're back in Austria. Mm-hmm. And I realized very quickly that I was not gonna be able to have that career. Um, that I wanted uh, if I kept moving from a country to another. But at the same time, deep inside, I always wanted to start a business, but I thought that I would just do it like years down the road when (laughs) I get older and all of that. And at the end, I always say that I started a business because I had no other choice, yeah. because I needed to have a source of revenue and a growing career that was fitting to, at the time, a global lifestyle mm-hmm. and mobile lifestyle. So I started my business as a consultant in marketing mm-hmm. and communications for corporate companies. And I've been doing that while living in Iran. I started there, and then we moved to Austria, and then we moved to New York. So it, through about six to seven years, we've been doing that. And I've been moving from a country to another, but there was one thing that happened while I was working with corporate companies is that I was, first. the first thing is that I felt very lonely when I started this entrepreneurial journey because all the entrepreneurs and mentors that wanted to help me, never really had to build a business on the move. And it's very different, right? When you have, when you're in a country and you build your network, et cetera, then when you always have to start from scratch. Yeah. So I became very obsessed from the get-go. How can I make my business sustainable without having to start from scratch every time I move from a country to another? How do I make sure that I still have consistent revenue and consistent growth throughout transitions? And then the second thing that was a big challenge as well was that I was meeting a lot of women in my situation that also gave up their careers, but did not necessarily uh, have the chance to find a way to reinvent their journey. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk later about reinvention because I have a love-hate relationship with that word. (laughs) Um, But they couldn't keep up with their careers. And I would see some of them who were in very, very, very unhealthy relationships and would not leave because they were financially dependent. Yeah. Or because they had children as well and they didn't want to leave because that would have been too much of a burden. And some of them were in depression and loss of identity. And honestly, that broke my heart. That really struggled. I struggled with a lot. Yeah, I would have days where I would not be able to sleep because it would really bug me and bother me. And I would even sometimes feel alone as well because Mm -hmm. I couldn't find other women in my situation. Um, So the whole time I was trying to ask myself, what can I do about this? And one day, when we were in New York, I discovered for the first time, the medium of podcasting. What an amazing media. And it was in 2015 where I listened to my first podcast show. It was Serial. And that's oh my when God. my light bulb, like boom, boom, yeah. boom, I said, I got it. I know how I'm going to share my message with the world. I'm yeah. just going to start this podcast and start sharing stories to talk about how you can create your own career on the move. You can't make yourself a priority while still serving your family yeah. and still being there for the people you love, et cetera. And uh, and that's how my sh- journey started. Uh, like m- that business, that corporate business that I had, I continued to do it. But mm-hmm. on the side, I had this podcast and yeah. the podcast took off at some point and I started having more and more demand on, okay, how do you actually do that? How do you build a portable business? And I started doing it for free at the beginning and then I started charging a little bit and then it's okay, this is... There's something here. There's really something here that's much bigger than just a podcast. And that's where I decided to shut down the consulting part and focus on developing my services and providing services to teach um, people how to build a portable business that is aligned with their lifestyle. So initially, I worked a lot with expat spouses. Mm -hmm. And then as the time passed, my audience has grown and I have more and more people who are actually not necessarily even expats, especially since COVID. Yeah. Um, uh, most of my audience are simply people who actually want to build their own business or already have a business, but it's not generating consistent revenue or they're overwhelmed because their marketing strategies, as much as they're working, they're not working for them. Mm-hmm. They are working for their marketing strategies, but their marketing strategies are not <laughs> working for them. So I'm all about making sure that we align our life with our business. So um, so now I'm really focused on helping People align, even if they don't need to move abroad. Um, mm-hmm. No matter what's the reason why they need to learn their business, I think um, that's the, my biggest mission statement: helping people live up to their full potential, thanks to entrepreneurship. And for me, that's one of the best ways to turn any challenge through into opportunities.
0: Yeah. Um. Just a quick side note: Serial was also the the podcast, like the very first podcast that I listened ah, to. Here yeah, we go. and I think it, it was like I. I believe if I recall correctly, it was named the podcast that's kickstarted this whole podcast industry. Yeah. So oh my crazy. God. Yeah, <laughs> it's true.
1: It's very true. It, actually,
0: podcasting exists much longer than that. Yeah. Like 10
1: years before Serial, but Serial has brought it to the general public. Yeah. And it's it's just been, it's just a beautiful media to connect, to create mm-hmm. storytelling, to, to really dig deep with social media. It's all about short, quick. And I think it's a
0: wonderful place to start. Um, yeah, and a it's also more I authentic, I think. like exactly. on YouTube, I always feel like if I had to start a YouTube, um I would have to you know be super presentable, <laughs> super put together. <laughs> And in a podcast, I'm just in my pajamas. <laughs> so it works. We have so much
1: in common, Kyla, but I
0: can tell you one thing.
1: I started the podcast because I had a YouTube. I My idea initially for years yeah. was to start a YouTube to talk about this. But I was like, I don't want my face to be all over the place. Yeah. So I started a podcast because I couldn't write. I, I couldn't blog. I didn't ha- I'm just not a good writer. I used to say that. It's not true anymore. But I used to say I'm not a good writer and I don't want my face on camera. And I, that's why I started a podcast. But here's one thing I learned. No matter what, you'll end up to have to put your face out there and your words out there. <laughs> so if this is the first baby steps is wonderful. But for me, it has helped me gain confidence to, yeah. be able to put myself out there.
0: Yeah, I think this is the first like project that I've, exactly. I'm doing, that I'm putting myself out there. And it's a bit, um, <laughs> let's just you're say doing it's great. a bit of a, a thank you. Your voice is perfect for podcasting. <laughs> oh, in, thank you. <laughs> in
1: such a wonderful way. So I think you're going to have a bright future ahead.
0: Thank you. (laughs) Um, Okay, so back to you and your business. Um, I'm also a woman. I'm also a young woman interested in entrepreneurship. And I wanted to ask, are there any things, any challenges that you encountered that male entrepreneurs wouldn't usually encounter? Like they're mostly faced by only female entrepreneurs.
1: Oh, my God. So for
0: (laughs) me, entrepreneurship
1: was actually an amazing way. To create more equality and Mm -hmm. equity in my world. I feel like entrepreneurship has given me the tool to be treated equally. Mm -hmm. Um, My experience in the corporate world, um, I know that it might be a bit uh, controversial, but actually, I felt like I was not supported by my female peers. And I come from a different generation where Mm -hmm. woman empowerment was not such a thing. I'm talking like an old woman. This is terrible. (laughs) I'm not that old. But a decade ago, it was even a bit more than a decade ago. It wasn't such a thing to be supportive towards women with each other. It was pretty much, in my experience, the opposite. Like, there was such little space for women that Mm -hmm. women would actually feel like they're competing against each other. So my bosses and my... I had more support from men than women, actually. It can feel very, I know that it's not what's usually been said, but I have to say that I just always felt more supported by men than women in my corporate career. Um, However, I still needed to learn how to juggle the man's world Uh to also bring my energy into it, to not like only rely on them. On the masculine energy but also to let my feminine energy be accepted and feminine energy is different than being feminine yeah right? it's two different very things. very different um and i think um the challenge that i had was more and when i was working was to actually get the support from our other females mm-hmm. um i'm gonna tell you one story actually talking course, about entrepreneurship to to explain the segue between my career towards my business and and what was my challenge so I remember when I decided to quit my job and move to Iran um, my boss told me told me in the last day and she was a woman she said Amel I have the feeling that you're going to start your business I Mm -hmm. just have that feel that you want to start your own thing I just have a because I really like you and I think you've been amazing I just want to give you a tip to really make sure that you know you don't you don't get disappointed throughout this journey yeah I don't think you're made for this so don't do it. Wow. She said, Oh my God. And I was like, I was so frozen that I said, I I just said, thank you.
0: Uh I didn't
1: answer. I just said, thank you. But I can tell you that that was the biggest, um, service she could have done to me because that voice kept ringing throughout each challenge I had through when I wanted to give up Uh I actually remember what she said that I was not made for entrepreneurship and I kept pushing through yeah. just to prove that that was not true, right? <laughs> so, so you did it um, out of spite. <laughs> so in a way, even the people who, like for me, that's the biggest learning is like even through the challenges and that's my motive mm-hmm. in everything I do, turning challenges into opportunities. That was one of the first obstacles I got. Having that, you need so much confidence when you start. It's so yeah. hard to put ourselves out there and having somebody who from the get good tells you you can't do it, um, it can really be this destructive, um, and I decided to turn it into a weapon and actually make it my biggest motivation. And it's just been amazing to prove her wrong in so many ways since then. Right? Yeah. Um, my biggest, my biggest wonderful moment was when I actually was featured on the cover of Forbes magazine in Austria and Switzerland, Germany. That's amazing! By and by I was the like, way. and I could see that she saw it on social media. Like, <laughs> bang! Yes. Thank you. (laughs) So yeah, confidence, getting the confidence that I can do it was the hardest thing at the beginning. Yeah. Um, But I think the best thing is to at some point stop overthinking and just start somewhere. I think that's the biggest thing that I ask my clients to do when they overthink things. Should I, should I not, should I do it? It's like, just do something and you will never get the answers to your doubts by thinking about Mm -hmm. it you will get the answers by doing something. And then by doing, you will know if it's the right thing or not.
0: Yeah. All right. That is such an interesting top um, story. And by the way, like if that was me, I would have been so petty. I would have sent her a link to the Forbes cover. Like honestly. I didn't need to. It went so viral <laughs> so that she got it
1: without me sending to her, So it was even better. <laughs> but you're right. Yeah. it's, it's um, Yeah. It's interesting that I I really feel like I was, yeah, I know that it's not the usual like scenario, but mm-hmm. I feel like I was very much supported by men. But um
0: yeah. Yeah. Then um speaking about your business, um as a business and marketing coach, what challenges have you seen that usually prevent women from starting their own businesses? Because I had a really interesting talk um here in Innsbruck with um I I'm going to botch the German on this one I swear <laughs> to god. Um she was <laughs> she was part of the Standort Agentur, Tirol and she mm-hmm. runs these like female empowerment programs helping females helping women in Tirol um get their business going. And when I talked with her, she said something super interesting. She said that a lot of women have super good business ideas. Like they have the idea, they have a really good idea, a viable business idea, and they have the drive to turn it into an actual business. But some t- something along the way like prevents them from doing it. And she said that she doesn't she can't exactly pinpoint the exact reason. Um but yeah, so as a business and marketing coach, what have you seen um are the things that prevent women from becoming entrepreneurs? Oh my God, I could talk about this for hours. Let me try to, <laughs> I'm so
1: passionate about this. Yes. Um, there's many things that prevent women from from um, taking action. Mm-hmm. The first one is, I think, the lack of support system. Most women that I know who are wanting to start their business, or even those who have a business, who want to take it to the next level struggle to have the bandwidth to be able to do it because on top of their jobs or on top of they have a family most often to take care of and they have they are the caregivers Mm -hmm. of many other people be it children being family aging parents women are often caregivers and because of that they struggle to to do what they want to do and to live up to their full potential or they do it but it takes them much longer to do it right so it takes them and i'm really really impressed by so many women and that's also an advice that i have even if you can't have the resources now to do it starting with small baby steps and even if it's 10 years from now that you'll fully be able to be fully fledged launched You can start with small baby step every single day, right? Mm -hmm. So that's for me the first thing is to create the right support system to make sure that you are the best leaders in this world have never managed to do what they've done if it wasn't for the support system they've built around them. One of my mentors, who actually was a man, told me, you need to create your own board of directors whose interest is solely your success.
0: Okay. Wait, so a board of directors, yeah. do you mean like people from outside your family, like mentors, um, investors, maybe? Or do you mean yeah. your husband? So, a board your children? of directors is an,
1: is an image, is yeah. like
0: more a metaphor
1: of saying that you need to surround yourself with people who really want to s- your success, who are with you for your success. Right. Okay. And it's like on a like a CEO has a board of directors yeah. and their goal is the success of the CEO because the success of the CEO is the success of the company in mm-hmm. terms of KPIs and all other things. So it's really important to build a support system very early on starting from home to outside the house with mentors and also people you can delegate things with as well as the all the resources you need to learn. And, and develop your skills, etc. So this is very important. And then the second thing that I see how really, that makes it very difficult for a lot of people is to, to develop like the lack of confidence in a way. Okay. They really struggle to believe in themselves that they can actually do it. So this is also another thing, the hesitation. But the biggest part that stops most people being men or women, mm-hmm. I can tell you that it, most of the people get stuck with the how to do it instead of focusing on what am I doing. Mm-hmm. So don't, if you have a business idea, don't stop yourself from launching it or starting it just because you want to figure out all the answers of the how to make it happen. Okay. For me, it's all about starting again somewhere and the more you move forward, the more you'll have the answers. Yeah. The best way to have the answers of how to do something is to start somewhere. And there's so much things you don't know. Like you don't know what you don't know. And this is why we often get stuck because we don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. So The best way to, don't, to know what we don't know is to just plunge and take the leap and, and jump. Yeah. And I want to finish this with one of the, my favorite Chinese quotes that says, <laughs> you know, uh, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is today. That's a really nice. I think nice this score. is also one of the things that I think I would invite those who are hesitating to get launched and yeah. started.
0: Okay, um, so I'm a big fan of tandem Nomads, actually, especially your... Thank you. Yeah, especially your episodes in marketing. Um, I am in marketing, social media marketing, whatever. Um, so yeah, it's a career that I personally want to pursue, and that's why I listen to your episodes. Um, but there was this one episode that you did that really struck me, and I forgot the name. It had something with glass ceilings on it. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Breaking um, the glass ceiling without breaking yourself. Oh, perfect. Yes, that's the one. Um, yeah, so I I remember this term that you used and it really struck me. Two terms, actually. It was invisible workload for women and weaponized incompetence, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Yeah, and it really struck me because... So I have a cousin. She's six years older than me and she is super amazing. Um she's currently I don't even know her job title but she's currently in a managerial level at a very big multinational company and last year she gave birth to her um first daughter and recently we were talking like a few days before I actually listened to that episode and she shared with me that she was feeling really guilty because her daughter um her daughter seemed to have been a bit um so her daughter is one year is a year old now and the girl, the baby was a bit, I don't know, like she, she, the way she explained it, it was like the kid was hesitating to hang out with her. And she felt mm-hmm. so guilty because um, she was doing this like super heavy workload, taking a lot of overtime hours so that she could save up for the, for her baby's education. And, you know, inflation right now is crazy. Mm-hmm. um, So, yeah, so is this the invisible workload of women that you were referring to? Is it the guilt that they should be caring for their babies? They should be staying at home, spending time with their children instead of forging a career for themselves. And it's interesting because my brother was also in that call and he couldn't understand (laughs) the guilt that she was feeling. Meanwhile, I, and I haven't had a baby, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, but I understood her and, what her experiences really resonated with me. So it kind of got me thinking of this guilt, this sort of like invisible workload is something that only women know about, you know? Yeah. So there, there
1: is so many layers of invisible workload, yeah. mainly for women. but There's also all sorts of caregivers, right, who suffer from invisible workload. And this term has actually been pinned uh by multiple different we can maybe share the resources later yeah of places but but statistically basically if we had to measure the invisible work that women um women do in the society Mm -hmm. to to take care of the family but not just their kids but the whole family yeah can be sometimes counted up to 40 percent or 50 percent of the gdp so that's actually crazy. In, uh, in terms of economy, the economic impact of the invisible work is huge. And and that's something that we don't recognize, that there's an actual economical added value of the invisible work of mostly women in our society that's not even being recognized. Yeah. So that's the first thing. Then there's what you're talking about, which is more like that mental load, and that's something else. The mental load is what you're talking about with your cousin that it, that that guilt that we have sometimes, even when we get access to the same opportunities as men. Yeah. I have a client who said that to me. Um, she's actually leaving her job because she wants to start her business for that reason, and she was like, "You know what? I actually got access to." everything. I got access to the same, they, she works in the same company as her husband. And she's like, I got access to the same rights to the same opportunities. And I have almost the highest salary as my husband and everything's working, but it still doesn't feel right mm-hmm. for the simple reason that I have the mental load at home to make sure that the kids are healthy, that the, that you know, that the homeworks are done. Yeah. Even if the husband helps the mental work, the mental load is different maybe it's biological, I have no idea. I, I don't have kids myself, but but that's the thing. And this is why even with equal resources, mm-hmm. the the load is very different for most women because that hit that is this this extra effort that they have yeah. to do. You know, so that's another thing that's important to And then the 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 incompetence part that's called the weaponized incompetence Mm -hmm. is more like women apparently have so many skills that men don't have, and then suddenly it's like you do it because you're better at it. So that's what incompetence, (laughs) weaponizing competence is like. Oh, you know, I'd love to cook, but I can't because you. But it's better if you do it because you cook so nicely. So this (laughs) is what it like. We often use that with women, even in companies that would take care of certain tasks instead of others because the women in general are better at this, right? And this is something where we have to be careful about um, in terms of, you know, equal opportunities yeah. to actually rise and, and shine, be it in the company or in the household.
0: Yeah, it's also something that I struggled with, especially in my first internship. I was, I think, twenty nineteen 19 or 20, so super young, younger than I am now. And it it was something that I struggled with because... On one hand, I felt grateful that I was being given opportunities that weren't being given to my fellow male interns. But on the other hand, I felt a bit annoyed because it felt like they weren't respecting my boundaries, like my personal boundaries. Like they just kept giving me work after work responsibilities. It just kept piling up on me. And I I was struggling to come to terms with, am I being given this workload because they trust me? Or am I being given this workload because they're giving my male interns an easy time because, you know, they're guys. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's a good
1: point. And boundaries is another one that we can talk about. Yeah. So speaking of that example, I think it's a perfect example of boundaries where I think women are very much different than men. Because historically we've always been caregivers, I think (laughs) we tend to not to not respect our own boundaries and let people just step over all over them. And I think if there's one thing that women need to do is to actually learn to say no to a (laughs) lot of things before they can even, so that they can, focus on their zone of genius and Mm -hmm. focus on it's not because women can do a lot of things that they should do a lot everything yeah right (laughs) so i that's the thing so i think it's really important to learn how to respect our boundaries and learn how to say no without feeling guilty about it i think this is really really important and if 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 anything i would recommend you that should be probably one of the first skills to learn as a woman in leadership positions yeah it's like to say no
0: yeah i think so I came from an all-girls school like exclusive all-girls and they were very they were very um focused on teaching us that girls can do anything that a guy does sometimes even mm-hmm. better but they never taught us that yeah but you really don't have to do everything that a guy does right. you know so right. it's it's something that I think a lot of people my age struggle with especially mm-hmm. because we're trying to prove ourselves in the workplace and the job market is super super fierce right now so mm. yeah so thank you yeah. for your advice um pleasure. yeah but returning um to entrepreneurship and more specifically female entrepreneurship so what kinds of conversations should um wannabe female entrepreneurs have with their loved ones so they feel supported while trying to get their business off the ground with, without you know without feeling like they're neglecting things at home mm-hmm well, let's start with those who are not in a relationship, okay, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and because I think that's the best place to start, like, yeah, before you even get into a relationship <laughs> to really i I heard something today, um I have no idea where I heard it from, but it's one of those uh it's like don't chase a ring, mm-hmm. chase a future oh that I love that advice, <laughs> and uh, I heard it somewhere I need to give credit uh, if 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 I remember i'll I'll share yeah it. we'll put it but, in the show um, notes. Exactly. So I think it's really important when we, especially if there's young people listening to us as mm-hmm. we choose our partners, this is one of the first things that I think are important to, to discuss. And I know that when I met my husband, it was one of the first, honestly, I'm you're not kidding. Right mm-hmm. after the first kiss that was the conversation I had <laughs> with my husband. I was like, okay, listen, either we're gonna have fun. Or we have a serious thing i'm not here to play around so tell <laughs> me which direction that. you go and let's discuss it right and i remember this is a side story yeah no go uh, where ahead. he surprised me but he really surprised me he said you know what let's let's bet on something let's meet <laughs> one year from now in the same bar and i bet that we'll be either married or on the verge of getting married i'm like what so we met one year later uh-huh. in that bar actually it was one week before our wedding Oh, my God. That That was was quite something to tell you how important it was for me. And that was his response. He's like, for him, it was a way to say, I'm committed to that. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying, my career is important to me. And I know that with your career is going to be very hard for me to be able to live up to my potential, Mm -hmm. to live up to my dreams. And I'm willing to maybe give up my job, maybe. And we had a a conditional, it was a conditional agreement uh, the re the condition to give up my job and enlisted them but having that conversation was really important from the get-go so that we expectations are so important and I know that it can feel so like when we're young and we want to commit and want to be in a relationship at the beginning <laughs> we might not want to have those heavy conversations yeah. right because I'm like Oh that could be scary. That's yeah, it is. It is. Like like I don't even know if I want this person, but I think at some point listening to your intuition is so important and intuition is a place is that one second of wisdom that you have before mm-hmm. all the fears and the doubts come in. Right? Mm-hmm. And listening to that one second of wisdom you have in you to know if that's the right person for you or not and if you have those doubts, make sure that before you get committed make sure to learn about what's important for you that mm-hmm. your partner needs to have beyond just the physical aspects yeah. and all of the other things. Um, I think that's important. So, but once we're in a relationship, it's the same concept is keeping that communication open is really important. Having taboos is one of the worst things to, to have in a relationship to mm-hmm. work and to build a support system. So having that conversation on values is really important and, the other thing that I want to tell, especially women, we tend to think that people will guess what we need. <laughs> guilty. <laughs> <laughs> and then we start being grumpy or doing a funky face or not talking to that person for some so reason. Guilty. The person's like, well, I don't know why you're in a bad mood today. It's because you've been panning up a bunch of things that you wanted the person to do. And that's not healthy. Like if you need something from somebody, tell them what you need from them and tell them how to do it. For example, I remember being pissed that my husband would not make, celebrate my birthday and invite people (laughs) for my birthday. Why do I need to organize my birthday? And I needed to ask him, said, hey, I want you to organize my birthday. Right? It's just a, (laughs) a stupid thing. But this... Behavior is something that's consistently repeated throughout our journey as women mm-hmm. uh, when we are in a partnership, whether with a man with a woman or a or queer or whatever gender we yeah. are in and type of relationship we're in. I think that's really important to have expectations really clearly discussed yeah. and give them manual. Tell them how you function. Like, give them the manual of how you function so that the other person can support you the best way you want instead of waiting for the other person to guess. And I think that's really important.
0: And what about for women like my cousin who have kids and who are working so hard to give their kids a really good future, but at the expense of spending time with them? What would you, Hmm. how would you have, like, I know you don't have kids, but maybe you have some advice, some insight as a, you know, business and marketing coach for so many years now. So I can't give advice on that because I don't have
1: children, but mm-hmm. I have like 99% of my clients have children. And the yeah. reason
0: they come to me is because
1: they have children. Okay. Um, a lot of them come to me because either they want to build a family. Actually, I have a lot of them who come to me before they well, before they become pregnant. Uh-huh. They're planning to have children, but they feel like they want to set the foundations so that when they have kids, they can be present, like they can have the business already built up. Yeah, I feel that way sometimes. <laughs> You know, so yeah. th- that's one thing that I feel very smart. Um, and or those who are actually leaving a job mm-hmm. because they cannot be present for their kids. Okay. they And and that's the thing. So the best, there's two types of advice. The first one, if you're really not happy in your job and you've tried everything with your management, with your company mm-hmm. to make your job fit to your lifestyle and your needs and your family needs, um, then maybe it's the time to question if that's the right job for you. The second is the other way around. Why are you overwhelmed with the things at home? Do you have the support at home as well to be able to do both? Okay. So I think that's also, so it's all again about building your support system. What is it that's overwhelming you and where can you get the help you need? Is it at home? Mm-hmm. Is it in the business? Is it in the company? And finally, once you figure that out, where do you need help? Ask for help. Okay. Yeah, right? That's something I should How learn. many of you stories? who are listening here are not asking for help? It took me years to start asking for help. Yeah. I'm going to give you an example. Okay. I don't have kids, but one of the things where I feel a lot of pressure was that in the job that my husband does, there's a lot of representation and we receive a lot of high delegations in mm-hmm. our homes. And by tradition, I've seen my mother do that, being the good host and preparing mm-hmm. the dinners and and you know and being and sacrificing my meetings, sacrificing my jobs when the plumber has to come when <laughs> uh, you know and and I ended up like wondering, why can't I keep growing my business? Why is my business not growing? And when I looked into my schedule, I'm like, of course, because the first thing that needs to that we get sacrificed when there's something in our private life, be it representation or something to mm-hmm. fix in our household, I was the one canceling my appointments to mm-hmm. be able to attend to those. And I realized and he, my husband, never asked me to do that. I took that role because I was subconsciously taught to do that. Yeah, I was subconsciously believing that that was my role and my responsibility, my duty to do that. Until I was like, oh, my God, my husband never asked me to do that. Yeah. And I simply had a chat in the morning. I said I didn't even have to have a big chat. I was like, honey, tomorrow the promo is coming and I can't cancel this meeting. Can you cancel your meeting and be here at home? Okay, And he was super supportive, I assume. And he did it. Right. Yeah. Because I was like and I was like, I made a huge mountain out of this topic, but Mm -hmm. sometimes it's not the case. Sometimes the partner would not understand. And that is a long process, but it's possible process, baby steps. Have that conversation and start asking slowly and slowly those things that you need. And for that, I have a very practical tool I can share with Mm -hmm. you. If you want to learn how to communicate, be it with your partner or or anybody around and surrounding your colleagues, your mm-hmm. friends, if you need help, it's called nonviolent communication. Type nonviolent communication on Google and you will find some great resources with those four steps of how to communicate your needs. And I think that's very important to come from a place of of how to say, of understanding that the other person is is probably wanting to help you. It's yeah. just that they need to be told in the right way. So check that out. It's a very good, very good method. The non-communication method. There's a book and there's also a free guide that's available online.
0: Yeah, I'll add it to the show notes for this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, So from jumping off from that, would you say that sometimes the invisible workload that women have, some of that workload is self-inflicted? Like we take it on willingly.
1: Amen, Amen. you got it. So my whole thing, (laughs) I'm just so happy that you came to this conclusion, but this this is one of my biggest messages.
0: Women empowerment starts with self-empowerment. That is such a nice quote that I I never thought of it that way, you know. Mm -hmm. I always assume women empowerment is something that you get from the outside, like from outside sources. Like if you have others helping you, you're empowered. But I never thought of it as coming from inside. Yeah. Yeah, it has to come from inside. If it doesn't come from inside.
1: The rest will not follow
0: yeah okay so um to wrap this up i have one final question for you and i hope that this will be like you'll find this a fun question um if you could speak to the amel who was thinking of launching her her podcast who was on the verge of recording that first episode what would you say to her like what advice would you give her and it can be something that You feel you should have done differently or you feel you should have done earlier. So yeah, just what advice would you give to that amel? I have
1: two, but at the end of the day it's the same one. (laughs) The first one I would say, well done to you. Yeah. I would give her a big pat on the shoulder and say, You rock. You did it. Nearly three hundred. Out of your comfort zone and you did it, although
0: it felt uncomfortable (laughs) and you
1: pushed through amazing.
0: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Nearly 300 episodes, right? Like, that's what I read last time. Yeah.
1: yeah, It's crazy. It's I keep forgetting. But yeah.
0: <laughs> but, and I'm wishing you that, Kyla. I think you're
1: going to do some amazing <laughs> things moving forward. And I well done so. to you for doing it. Well done. It's amazing. Which leads me to my second biggest tub. Okay. Self-love. I wish I loved myself more. Mm-hmm. I wish I appreciated myself more when I started. I was so hard on myself. I Beated myself up so much. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you the number of times I've been crying because it was too hard, but not actually was too hard because I was actually treating myself like a loser. I was treating myself like incompetent. I was always looking at what I was doing wrong instead of focusing on the things that I was doing well and all the beautiful things that all the beautiful ways I was that led me to where I am today. If we love ourselves better... We make better decisions.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's also something that I can take home with because I don't know, like sometimes I think me and other, I know my friends are also feeling the same, but it's so easy to focus on the negatives in life. It's so easy to focus on what you don't have rather than focus on the things that you do have. And yeah, it's something that me and my friends talk a lot about. So yeah, I, I'm gonna make them listen to this. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Please
1: do love yourself, cherish yourself, and appreciate every single
0: step of the way, even the hardest ones are just part of the journey. I'm so gonna make my cousin listen to that too, because I honestly think she's super hard on herself. Yeah. Aww. So uh, anyway, please send
1: my greetings to her.
0: I, <laughs> I will, I guess. will. She was super excited about she actually was the one who gave me um the uh the, the idea for this topic. Oh. Yeah, because I asked her, like, as a business leader, as a a female business leader, what would you want to listen to in a podcast for business leaders? Um, I'd love
1: to connect. I'd (laughs) love to see if this resonates with her.
0: Yeah, I'm going to give her your LinkedIn. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so if you want to plug in your um, social media channels, your other links, just, yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, so if you want to connect and if you want to learn how to grow a successful portable business that's aligned with your lifestyle. I have a lot of resources. As you said, we have mm-hmm. a podcast show that I highly recommend you to listen yes. to on Tandem nomad. Highly recommend. And I also have, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you love it. This is wonderful. And I'm all about inspiring you, the resources on how to do that, build a business that fits to your lifestyle and to your needs. I also have a free resource that I'm happy to offer you. If you go to tandemnomads.com slash 3C, you'll be able to download my workbook where I actually teach you my process Mm -hmm. of how to make sure that you are creating solid foundations of a successful business in terms of marketing strategies and a business model that's also really fitting to building the right business for you. So tandemnomads.com slash 3C and you'll be able to get it. When you download it, you'll get my email and if you have any question, just reach out to me by email. I'm happy to, to answer. I'm always trying to answer all the emails by my own. I have a great team, but that's one thing that I haven't delegated yet. <laughs> is to, I really love to be able to talk to yeah. my listeners one-on-one. So don't hesitate to reach out. I'll be there to answer.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Amel, for making time for me today. Thank you. So if you like this interview, give us a five-star rating on Spotify or whatever platform you're listening to. Don't forget to subscribe and stay tuned for our next episodes. See you guys. Bye.